Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Oh Lord, I need you. Welcome to Finding Your Way on Spirit Filled Radio with hosts Ralph Linsmeyer and Mark Prather. Ralph and Mark are successful business professionals, members of the Catholic CEO group Legatus, and generous donors to Catholic schools and charities. This show is dedicated to sharing the testimonies of those serving God in big and small ways and helping listeners walk in the footsteps of Christ. Here is your host to make introductions. Hello, this is Ralph Linsmeyer and Mark Prather on Spiritful Radio on our show, Finding Your Way. Let's open in prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of us, your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. We're super excited to have special guest Pete Bowen with us today. He is CEO of Giving Children Hope. They help families in North Orange County. He also has a background in high-performance leadership, uh, consulting businesses and law enforcement. Pete's uh, retired from the Navy, you know, former pilot. So, Pete Bowen, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And, and just to be clear, retired from the Marine Corps. <laughs> of it's, course. It's an, it's a, <laughs> There's a distinction there. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Sorry about that. Navy's great, but it's Marine. Good so, Pete, can you just give us a little bit? You've done so much with your life, and, and, and I've been following you for an awful long time, following your work at Servite. But can you just tell us about your formation? What brought you to this place in, in leadership in your life? A lot of mistakes. I'm the one that uh, learns first by screwing it up and then uh, asking uh, or trying to find out how to, uh, how to move forward. But I've always been interested in uh, why we do what we do and think the ways we do. So at Notre Dame, I was an intellectual history major, how ideas change over time. Great books, very close to what St. Thomas Aquinas College does up in Ojai. Um, and then at Duke, I was very fortunate to be picked up by uh, one of the very top theologians in the world, as a master's degree candidate. Uh, he's a pacifist. He picked me up because I'm a Marine. Uh, I had no business um, studying with him. That's an invisible hand of God. I've got probably 10 stories about, you know, hoping for a five, you know, putting money in the lottery and hoping for a $10 return and, and winning the jackpot instead. So the story is uh, life is an adventure. You write the story of your life. And if you uh, surf the wave God puts you on, you'll do a lot better than if you try to do your own thing. So he has always taken me to much better places that I never deserved and um, could would never have even known to hope for. Pete, our show is titled Finding Your Way. So today, looking at the world, it, to me, it seems the world's more lost than ever. You know, faith is contracting. What would be, as a leadership, you're basically, as a leader, a, a coach, you're trying to teach people how to find their way to be leaders, right? Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I try to keep it really simple. So we do not do intellectual history. There's a historical reason why we're in the place we are. And because we don't study history broadly, um, we're clueless to it. So we're akin to trying to play, let's say life is a a sports game, right? And we're trying to uh, play the game and we don't know it, but football, basketball, and golf are all involved. 
And so when we try to have a conversation about moving the ball forward, we've got a bunch of people who say that you can only pass it or run it, but you never put it on the ground. And we've got people say you can dribble it, put it on the ground or pass it, but you never run with it unless you're the Lakers. And then we've got others that say, no, 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 it's all about club selection. And so all of those are self-contained games, and it only, they only make sense if you play within all of the rules of that game. They, have, they use the same words, but mean very different things. And so if you're not aware of that, of course it's confusing, because people t- having a conversation about moving the ball forward from basketball and football and golf have no common ground. They'll never agree. They'll end up in a fight, and uh, if it's about life, they'll end up, you know, it'll, it'll be violent. And so that's what we're seeing now, and that's why it's, it's very difficult uh, for, let's say, Christians to respond to something like progressivism, because we don't understand where it comes from, and the idea that it's neo-Marxist or something is just false. But because we don't understand those things, we have no ability to counter it. And so one of the things I've been doing for the last two years with law enforcement police chiefs is helping them understand the dynamic of those organizations that riot and what a response is and how to counter that because the way they've been raised and trained in the culture, they're completely unable to do that. So, Well, the question I have to your point about all of that is the answer to the question of does God exist? Well, I have a different way of approaching that. So I, this is a true story. Down here in the gym in El Medina, working out, and I'd, I'd work out with a, a doctor and he was uh, culturally Jewish, but not practicing. And we'd have very good intellectual discussions about all sorts of things. He was a Harvard grad, so he was sort of smart. Yeah. But we'd have these great discussions. And then one day we heard a crash behind us. And I, we didn't know it, but there was a guy behind us trying to kill himself, commit suicide, by working himself into a heart attack on the treadmill machine. <laughs> and sure enough, he'd achieved that, the heart attack at least. So Doc jumps off the bike and saves the guy's life. And I mean, I get out of there, it's a small gym, and you know everybody's rolling in. And... So a few weeks later, Doc comes to me and he's got a, and we talked about the differences between um, a postmodern way of understanding life and what we'll call a wisdom way of understanding life. And Catholic Church and most major world religions are all fundamentally based in a wisdom approach to life. There's purpose, you use the purpose and reason to understand life and all that. And so, so uh, now but he's saying, hey, look, I went and saw this guy in the hospital and he yelled at me because he was trying to kill himself and I'd stopped him. So he was really angry with me. And so here's this atheist doctor trying to reconcile the Hippocratic Oath of, you know, help people with saving this guy's life who didn't want to be saved. And, oh, by the way, apparently this guy had gone, went up in the hills a week or so later and completed the act. So he's got a real visceral issue here. And I gave him the sort of the intellectual thing, like, well, you know, if you're covenant, if you're in the wisdom paradigm, you would say suicide's always bad and it's, for all those things we know about for Christians. and But if you're postmodern, I mean, it's whatever you want it to be. I mean, things mean whatever you want them to mean. And that was clearly not a good answer. I mean, it was intellectual, it was, but it, it didn't get to the real source of the things. And so we, we reframed it. I said, uh, and I knew he, I, he, he had a wife who had grace, like Beatrice, right? She was beautiful physically, but she just had a grace about her. And she liked me talking to her husband because she was a devout Catholic. And we'd see her at Mass, you know, we'd see her at Mass and things. We'd never really talk. But anyway, so she was like me talking to him, I think. And I, but I knew he loved her. And I said, so, I said, love, do you really love your wife? And if you do, is there something deep and transcendent about that? Or are you just a fool, uh, an addict, a victim of a chemical reaction in your brain? Because it's one or the other. There's something transcendent about love, or literally you're addicted to the chemicals that go in your brain when you see that image of your spouse, right? And almost everybody I know is going to say, yeah, there's something deep and transcendent about love. Like, 
the fact that my mother loves me or I love my spouse or I love my children isn't just a chemical reaction. That's how I talk about God with the vast majority of young people who think this is stupid and the church is dumb and we're totally irrelevant in their lives. And of course, the, the church comes back at them with the sacraments and apologetics and they go, just doesn't make any sense. It's dumb. But if you get them started on the idea of love and then it's agape love, you're on the road, inevitable road to Christianity, and then eventually Catholicism. I think, I think, Pete, you know, you've been involved in youth education for a long time, and I think that came to a pinnacle at Servite, I suspect. There, Servite has such a great formation program with leadership and, and those types of things. So what is the key? Because you kind of described it already pretty well, but, uh, but I mean, since Servite really does, does the job well, and, and I think Catholic education is central to really building our faith, what do you, Catholic education has real problems because it's not well-grounded. Okay. So yeah, what, you, what does that mean, Pete? Uh, it's not relevant to young people. I teach confirmation, too. Katie, our daughter, runs confirmation at La Parisum in our parish, and we constantly work, my three daughters and I constantly work on how do we become relevant. I mean, why would you go in there and listen to the sacraments? It, it means nothing to them. And so just coming at it more with the sacraments and, you know, straight-out catechism and doesn't it's not relevant so why would they engage it they're worried about the things in their lives and and so i try to come at it with general audiences i i can preach to a government audience for eight hours a day i can talk about christ as long as i use the word love straight up right because because god is love that's straight out of scripture and augustine tells us that that is is an equal sign properly understood love is god and that's why we have a trinity because love necessarily means relationship and so God has to be in relationship with himself if he's love, and hence the Trinity. And we're made in the image of a God who is relationship, which means that we're in relationship, except that sounds stupid, except flip it again, and you're like, well, we're self-conscious, we're self-aware, we have free will. So if God is love, and God is love, but God's also truth. Sure. And truth today is being denied every place we turn. So how do we respond to that to the kids in, in, in this changing world, in this dynamic world? Because because truth can't prove itself to a person. You can always be skeptical. You can always deny. And there has to be a ground. And we also have scripture that tells us that truth without love is, you you don't want to be in that society either because none of us would survive in terms of justice and and other kinds of things, right? That's the whole reason we need Christ is, you know, the the justice aspect of it. We can't do ourselves. So, So if you just keep it really simple and you go, look, your life is your story of becoming who you are. And so life is about relationships. Well, first of all, you have to tell young people that life's about happiness because people born after 1980 were not told that life's about happiness. The further you get from 1980, the less they know that life's about happiness. And that's a real thing. So, so young people wake up every day and they go, life sucks, it's gray, it's overcast, and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and it's still going to suck, and I'm going to wake up the third day and the 23rd day and the 700th day from now and it's going to suck, and it's Groundhog Day, and all I can do is be miserable. That is a very deep and very widespread feeling among younger people. And I would say from the age of about 40 south and the further south you get, the worse it gets. So they don't even know it's about happiness. So life is about happiness, which is fulfillment. There's a, an 80-year Harvard study, Harvard study on adult development. It's very famous, long, longest-running uh, study ever. And they track thousands of people in over 100 dimensions. And it's very clear that happiness in life fulfillment comes from good relationships, period. Stop. In fact, the director says it comes from love, full stop. 
And and you you're not only happier, but you live longer and you're healthier and you you live years longer loneliness has the same impact of smoking almost a pack of cigarettes a day it can take 15 years off your life so what are the three things because people can only do three things if you have four values you got too many all right they don't nobody knows them so three three things that build good relationships one the more people trust your wisdom that's knowledge of the truth that comes with experience right it's the difference between being told that stepping on the brake slows the car down and stops it and pressing the brake pedal 25,000 times in the snow and the sleet and everything. So the more they trust your wisdom, the more they know that you love them. Let's get to agape love. Uh, that gets the deepest commitment. And the more they know that you get results, right? You close the sale of the real estate. You score the goal at the end of the game. You, you hit the project or in, in our case of Giving Children Hope, we feed all of those kids and families in need, right? So the more they trust your wisdom, that you love them, and that you get results, the better, higher trust your relationship with yourself, with your family and friends, at work, and in the community. And so you, pr- you seek wisdom, practice love, and get results until they become habits, part of who you are. So you have the best relationships that bring happiness and success in life. And I'll wrap it with this. If in business, we all know if your clients trust you, you get more business. And if your people that work with you trust you, you get more productivity. And if you put more business and more productivity together, you've got an unfair competitive advantage. It's that simple. So develop the habit patterns of practicing love, seeking wisdom, and getting results, and everything in life takes care of itself. Well, I, I agree with that, Pete. And but here's the, here's the the question I have for you. Okay, Aquinas talks about you know the four vices. Sure, of man. You know, you know, was it pride and pleasure, power and wealth? Basically, are the four, right? Okay, so I find my happiness. The the, the majority of of humanity finds their happiness in one of those four areas. Happiness or pleasure? Well, because I don't think you can find happiness in a vice. I agree with you, but they don't see it that way. Okay, so here, here's, and this is my question to you. Okay, okay. if they're per, they're saying, okay, the American way is the pursuit of happiness, right? That's so I'm going to pursue happiness, but I'm going to pursue happiness, and I see, and and I'm really trying to speak to young people mostly. Okay, right? Is if I perceive that my happiness is in my is in wealth it's in you know pleasure it's in pride or honor or it's in power mm-hmm. then that's problematic right well yeah if, if you think you're going to satisfy your thirst with poison it's not going to work but how do we get the attention of young people because you, you, you have to go where they are and where they are is they're freaking miserable and i'm using the they will consistently when i have discussions with them use the other version of the f word they are so deeply miserable and suffering that it is, it is very hard to fathom it. This is Ralph Linsmeyer and Mark Prather on Spirit-Filled Radio. And uh, today we're speaking with Pete Bowen on Finding Your Way. So Pete, this is so exciting what you're speaking to because you're, you're, you've diagnosed some serious problems. Let's talk about your target audience for, the, for this. How, who are you addressing? Who are these kids? How do you bring, make it happen? And giving children hope is a specific example we're using food and material items to give very deeply at need families caught in that cycle of need the opportunity to get some space so we can teach them the life skills and the leadership skills, covenant leadership, what I just described, so they can build the habit patterns to break out of out of that cycle of need. So some of my client companies have supervisors that make over $100,000 a year, but don't even have a high school diploma. 
And we can we can get the people in those programs. We can teach them those skill sets so that in the working world, for example, they'll be able to dramatically move up with demonstrable leadership skills that put them way ahead of their peers. So instead of they happen to be a good leader, we can generate them like you would like you'd use a fitness coach and a nutritionist to put somebody in fantastic physical shape. So that's what we're putting into practice right now and working with organizations to, to do it, giving children hope. We're taking that next step. So with, with people in general, though, you have to go where they are. So we, we have to sit down and listen. And if we listen to people, they'll tell us where they are. So I did a symposium at an HR wellness conference on Monday. And their HR executives working about retention. Well, it's the same thing. They're worried about how do we keep our people. But in, and they're worried, how, they're worried about how to balance life and work, right? Well, let's flip that on its head. What if we stop seeing life as like work or life, like my public life and private life? It's an artificial construct that comes out of the Reformation. It doesn't exist before that or anywhere else. But we embrace that. And so we live bifurcated lives and then wonder why we're not successful. So what if we integrate our lives and go, you know what, when I wake up in the morning, I have 50 chances to practice love by doing something special for my wife, like helping her with something she doesn't like to do. Or, you know what, doing a little bit extra when I, when I take the trash out. Or being in the moment and paying real attention to the way I brush my hair instead of just racing through things mindlessly. Or giving somebody space. I'm an aggressive driver. I now I, I give space to people to get in the lane on the freeway. I did that on the way here, or the parking space, or or waving at people in the neighborhood, or your clients doing something to celebrate and show love for them, or my people. What I do is we have a two-hour interview when you start, and I want to know your story, what you're passionate about. Do you want to move up the career chain, or do you just want to make enough money to you know have your family thing going? Because I'll structure your program differently. I'll help you develop that career chain. We'll mentor you through it. We'll give you the experiences, and hopefully you'll promote out into great places. Or if you just want to stay there, well, let's adjust your schedule so you have some family time availability. And, and people deeply respond to that. Right. And, and it's small things working with clients on leadership stuff. It's the very small things that show love that mean an enormous amount. Knowing somebody's name is life changing when you're the CEO and they're not. And they're, and they're a, you know, one of a thousand. So if you look at the day as an opportunity to practice love in every aspect of your life, an integrated life rather than public and private, then you start becoming that person that naturally builds the relationships everywhere. So when you practice love at work, you become a more loving person. That makes you a better parent at home and a better friend and a better spouse. And it improves your relationship with yourself. So stop thinking in terms of public and private or work and balance. Don't balance it. Integrate it and just do those three things. The question I want to ask you now is, this is we've talked about love a lot, right? But I think what we got to start with is define love. People think, okay, love is just a warm, fuzzy feeling. So well, part of love is the, the way, the most effective way for most people to learn about love is to ask them who they love. <laughs> I mean, because now you're, you're getting into something that's inside of them and then start working with them from where they are. And what does that mean? And um, you can talk to a five-year-old, for instance, and say, if a witch pours a love potion in the prince's drink and the prince drinks it, and he falls in love with the witch. Is that real? And a five-year-old's going to say, no, that's not real. And deep down, they know that, you know, there's no free will involved, so it can't be, can't be love. So, so that you have to work it out, and you have, to start at, at a, you have to start with the Mississippi River runs south, 
at that high level and then work your way down to, you know what? If you get close enough, it also runs north and east and west. Well, see, Aquinas, and I'm a huge fan of Aquinas, sure. okay? But Aquinas defines love as to will the good of another, sure. right? I have an issue with that. You have an issue with his description of it? I think he's pretty close on it. Okay, because here's here's my issue, and I want you to get a response to this, and I'm so excited we're having this conversation. All right. Okay, I could wish the good of Pete but if I'm unwilling to do anything for Pete Bowen, to help Pete Bowen, if I just say, hey, good luck, Pete, I wish you the best, and it ends there, is that love? Well, I, I don't know what will would be without action. Will itself is an action. I mean, you could get into when does will transfer into action, when does faith transfer into, into action, or is, is faith itself an action? I think your question you ask is really a good one. I think it's a level six question, and I think almost all of the people we're talking to are at level one. Well, that, that I, that's probably true, but if, if people don't understand that love, to me, love is to sacrifice, as Jesus Christ sacrificed for us, right? You're totally right. Everything you say is right. If, um, if I'm going to talk to uh, somebody about uh, physics and I start getting into probability wave collapse and um, quantum time and uh, the difference between the four kinds of neutrinos and uh, how come the time an inch above the table here is literally different than the time an inch below the table, even though they're only two inches apart, they're in different times, right? If I have those conversations, I'll lose everybody. They'll look at me like I'm, what? Now, there's some people I can have those conversations with, and they're great conversations. But for most of the people, we're going to talk at the level of the Mississippi River runs south, because that's where they are. And so if you start with where they are, what is the love? What are you feeling? And then you work from there. So does that express love when you do this action? Hey, I watched you today. You did these things. Do those express love or not? How so and how not? And what really matters, I think, is that that they become habits, habits of thought and habits of action so that so that you are bringing love by your actions, sometimes intentionally, but often because it's a habit, it just happens. So we, we need to, um, we are losing, I would say, 98% of the Catholics. I mean, I'm not, I'm not 95. They do not buy in. We're losing the new generation, that's for sure. Well. Six out of seven kids are gone. There's no community. So I'd like to ask this question, okay. So Mother Teresa said, do something beautiful for God, okay? And, and you've said yes to so many things. You've been involved in a lot of high-level activities and making things happen right now. Is there something beautiful that's burbling in your life right now? Because you're already so involved, you're busy. Is there something that you, that you think, well, I should add this? Or, or you just, what's your thought? I tell people, I recommend, come up with a plan, execute it to the best of your ability, and then see where God sends you. And he will always send you you know, I'm hoping for the $50 scratcher return and I win the jackpot like $50 billion every time. So, and to to do that in good faith and goodwill and focus on becoming through habits a good person. I think it'll it'll bring the habits of mind for sure. You're, the seek wisdom means that eventually you should be studying some Aquinas, right? I get it. Um, and if you're really into the Sikh wisdom, maybe you should be studying Aquinas in Latin, right? Because, you know, we lose something in the, right? We can go down that whole path. But just keep it simple. We get so caught up in all the stuff outside of right now. What am I going to do instead of being really, really in the moment? And so one of the things I've learned recently, a friend of mine, a Navy SEAL, Mark Devine, he helped us at Servite 
when we brought the seals up there as part of our formation program he's now he's not christian he's more zen but he developed and, and other people have heard it from other directions but he, he uses box breathing right and it's a three to five second inhale and then a hold and then a three to five second hold so inhale hold for three to five seconds exhale three to five seconds and then wait and then inhale now he's using it for a straight up meditative technique without anything else in particular he's just trying to get lost in it but when when i do it i do an act of contrition on the exhales and then i do an our father on the exhales and then i do a hail mary and that takes me about eight or nine minutes but i i start it with i, I started remembering some movie or something where i really felt the agape love it called me out and want to change the world and be part of that holy spirit and i i start with that as a meditative thing so so that it's there as the center point and i do that breathing really focusing trying to stop time trying to capture the note in the symphony and the more i do that you start going into different versions of now in really powerful ways and the encounters with the holy spirit and the presence of god are real and um, now if i have this conversation with young people they sort of look at me like someone look at me like that's sort of nutty and others others who are like coming in from a spiritualist side might go hey that sounds like really cool spiritualisms so they'd be coming in from the wrong direction in a sense but but it's simple and when i do that my whole life changes and all the ideas for my writing and everything else come as part of that so keep it simple seek wisdom practice love get results until they become habits you practice them in all your relationships and then you'll naturally have the integrated life that'll make you the most money if you want that or bring happiness or have the best kids and family do we have time for another one? Or? Yeah, go right ahead. So, so we're winding down, and so you know, we'd like you to close in prayer in a few minutes. But if you have a question for yeah, I have Peter, one last question for you, Peter. You know, this has been fantastic. Well, we yes. can do this over beers too, or, yeah, or I, actually, I, see I, you, I, and, you know, I, some other time. I, yeah, I, I love that. A house divided cannot stand. Right. All right. The, okay. Look at the great chasm in this country with the, with the the divide in beliefs. The secular belief is now as powerful. Seculars for the first time now exceed the believers. In this country, I just saw that stat about two weeks ago. All right, CRT, public schools versus the the believer. Tell me where where this goes. How- so I've literally been talking about this to police chiefs since 1997. This is coming, and we predicted very carefully exactly how this would unfold. So I've been talking about this for 25 years with law enforcement and some business. And here's the deal. Progressivism, we'll call it postmodern thinking, the progressives are a version, critical race theory, critical legal theory, gender theory, all of that stuff comes out of that. And it's the idea that there's nothing except um, perspective. There are no facts, just perspective and therefore power. That's it. So everything's based on that. So with that in mind, it sounds really good because you're allowed to do whatever you want to do and you can force people to do whatever you want them to do and words mean whatever you want them to mean. So you use the word truth, meaning an objective fact, and the progressives will use the word truth and they can make it mean to whatever you want it to, but they'll use your meaning against you, right? So they both accept science, 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 but then they turn around and literally deny science. They deny objectivity. It's a construct... Everything's a construct, right? There's no facts. So, so the way out of this is that we're not made that way. We won't find an intellectual way out of this. Well, because it destroys us as humans. Literally, progressivism forces us apart. It destroys relationship. But that's how we're made. You take an infant and you give the infant all the food and water it needs, but you don't give it physical affection, four out of ten will die. 
half of the rest are going to have severe psychological problems because the physical affection literally causes their nerves to wire correctly, just like having vitamins as a kid's growing up, you know, prevents stunted growth. So this is not a, we think it's like a spiritual thing, but it's, it's inherent in our very makeup in every category. What's the worst way to bully somebody? It's not punch them in the face and steal their lunch money. It's to shun them. What's the worst place to put somebody in jail if you want to punish them? Solitary, deprive them of, I mean, that's it, right? So all we need to do is get back to relationship and start back with the love. It's how we're made, right? It's like, um, it's like taking people who are dying of thirst and what do you give them? water because that's how their bodies are made it's 75% water and so if we go back to connecting with people out of love instead of talking at them with the truth which, which truth's important but that's the framework we'll explain it with later we're in trouble on the front side of that yeah. so Pete what a wonderful half hour this has been we'd like to see it go on and on but would you close us with a prayer uh, I will in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Lord you give us all the good things in our lives and the most important and the best thing you give us is our relationships, our relationships uh, with our children, with our spouses, with each other. And most important, how all those relationships reflect our agape love relationship with you. So we ask that you give us the wisdom to understand your will and the courage to carry it out and that we express all things through love. We ask this through Christ our Lord and the intercession of Our Lady. Amen. It's beautiful. That's beautiful, Pete. Thank you. It was really great. This is fantastic. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, the time just blew so fast. Truly did. You've been listening to Finding Your Way with hosts Ralph Linsmeyer and Mark Prather. For more, go to spiritfilledmedia.org. That's spiritfilledmedia.org. In closing, we share this word from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. To this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His footsteps. Take care, friend. Words of inspiration from Deacon Steve Greco, the founder and president of Spirit-Filled Radio. Some theologians believe that you will be asked one question when you get to heaven. The one question is, who did you bring with you? Who did you bring with you? For more, come find us at spiritfilledmedia.org. That's spiritfilledmedia.org. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.